everyone. My name is DJ Soto, and you're listening to the Church Mag Podcast. Roll it. Hello, world. Welcome to the Church Mag Podcast, the official podcast of Church Mag, the place for church, tech, creativity, and all things awesome. It's time to level up. Eric usually does this. Um, Eric usually opens the podcast by saying, welcome to another episode of Church Mag Podcast. (laughs) But I'm not Eric, so I'm going to say welcome to another episode of the Church Mag Podcast. And today I'm very excited to be with uh, DJ Soto um, uh, from VR Church. (laughs) Interesting, I forgot to ask you, and I'm assuming your name is David. Yeah, yeah, it's David Jonathan, yeah. (laughs) Uh, yeah. David Jonathan and yeah. DJ is like quite, kind of cool. Um, yeah, it's like a like when I, I was five, my, it's when it's kind of stuck. Yeah. Oh, I wish my parents called me something cool like that. You know, <laughs> <laughs> when you introduce yeah. yourself, do you say, "Hey, DJ"? Yeah, yeah, it's so normal. I don't think about it it's been, since I was a kid. So uh-huh. I think what I find out later is people actually think I'm an actual DJ. Like I'm introducing myself as a music DJ. Oh, oh, I know. I was like, no, 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 no. Like when I find out later. Um, So that. (laughs) (laughs) So you're not a DJ just to, Uh, just to kind of put it out there in case anyone has ideas to book you for a gig. Right. Right. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Oh. Oh. Oh man. I was hoping I was, really getting excited about you know having you come dj at some event yeah yeah dj oh man (laughs) oh well so um just for the for anybody listening in case you're thinking of inviting dj for a gig um he's not that kind of dj um exactly yeah so the first time that i encountered you and i'm sure well bumped into you was obviously online because there's a lot of chatter about there's this guy who's doing um you know like vr church and and i think one of the most recent times that you've popped up again has been um with the baptism that happened and like Mm -hmm. can a virtual baptism be be real but that's I mean, we can t- talk about that a little later. Yeah. Um, but just just to get an idea in terms of like your background, you know, who you are, what's your journey been, and how you've gotten here. Just a kind of a brief uh, brief uh, synopsis. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We, um, my wife and I, were pastors in a, in a church in Pennsylvania uh, years ago, and it was, we were part of the mega church there, and we it was a great great uh, spiritual community, and. Before coming on staff as a pastor, I spent some time volunteering with them, helping them develop some digital ministry, digital initiatives, things like uh, an app um, that they would house their, like, their messages and their, their information. Also online, an online campus, although they, they didn't necessarily ascribe to the idea of an online campus. It was more of like a streaming ministry, so the you know video player and the chat interface. So just social media, online apps, all those types of things, online giving. Um, and, you know, just kind of, I'm a techie guy, techie nerd, so to speak, gamer, all those things. And so, um, and before that, I got my degree in, in theology at a school in, in Florida, spent some time in ministry at a church, a Christian school, a Christian camp, uh, shifted to broadcast television, and then God called me back into the ministry. So that's where I started getting involved at that church in Pennsylvania. But it was about 2016 where my wife and I felt like God wanted us to do something new. And we didn't know what new meant. We thought that meant playing physical churches. So we set out to do that. And and it was about the same time where virtual reality 
be, uh, was released to the public. Um, so VR enthusiasts would say, well, VR has been around a long time, uh, maybe even uh, the 60s, and there was a resurgence in the 80s. But when I say VR was, was released to the, to the degree that you could go to like Best Buy or on Amazon and order a VR headset to you, and it would come to your house. And it would have a fully, um, fully involved, evolved ecosystem. And so that's truly the first time in history where we've seen virtual reality to the masses. Yeah, it's been around for years, but as far as the accessibility, like I have um, the Oculus Rift here, the Rift S, it's one of the Facebook uh, owns Oculus, uh, which is kind of an interesting uh, little side story there. But um, so this is what I use to attend VR church with. A lot of people use the Oculus. There's a bunch of other headsets. Um, you know, we're kind of like going on a side trail here, but uh, here's the, the touch controllers that I use in, in VR. So in the physical world, like when I'm preaching and I raise my hand like, like this, my, my digital or my virtual reality avatar mirrors that same movement. So I'm waving at people. We're high-fiving each other, giving each other hugs, you know, that type of thing. So, but um, VR came out. My wife and I, we were going to go plant physical churches. We we're attending like church planning conferences, doing all those things. And then I experienced social VR for the first time, which for the first time in history, we've never had that before. So that's a little bit difficult to explain. Um, it's kind of like when Morpheus told Neo in the Matrix, like you, you can't explain what the Matrix is. You have to experience it for yourself. That's exactly what it comes to when talking about virtual reality in general. Like even, even like techie people are, are still confused about VR technology they get the idea of putting on the headset but they don't realize the immersiveness of it they don't realize that it's actually like the matrix where you go into these virtual worlds um you think of the movie inception with uh leonardo dicaprio and really the uh, the great one that's been done recently is steven spielberg's ready player one um, and that's a perfect illustration of the use of virtual reality and virtual reality worlds um, and so i was experiencing that so it wasn't the vision of like Ready Player One, Steven Spielberg, like it wasn't that experience, but it's the beginning of it. It's like the, like the, the inception, the birth of social VR. And um, it, it was very compelling, even in, in its like birth, um, even its first iteration, um, social VR is, is unreal. You're walking around in these virtual worlds, you're meeting people, you're talking. It's um, just like the movie, avatars walking around and saying hello. Um, you know, you'll see Scooby-Doo walk by and you'll, you'll, get, you'll high five Bart Simpson. Um, you know, it's, 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 it's bizarre and maybe absurd, but also um, marvelous in the sense of it's uh, just, it's fascinating just to be in there and just to experience it. But so that's like one big thing, like when you think about your listeners or even talking to church leaders, like there's a big, big disconnect to even explain it. So for other things, I can send you like, um, like a website to check out an online stream, to check out an app to download, check out all these things. But VR is still in the early phases of diffusion of innovation. So um, it's early in, you know, it's like the early adopters and it's starting to, to kind of um, diffuse a little bit into the early majority. And um, so it's not like everyone has like, like a smartphone. Everyone has a smartphone, it seems like. It's not there yet. It's not close. And that might be years away. Uh, time will tell. Um, but uh, even with the small amount of adoption that there is now, um, I, was, I was meeting hundreds of people in, in virtual reality. And when I was in social VR experiencing that, I realized, you know, this is, it feels immersive. It feels so real. And that's the phrase you hear a lot with virtual reality is that it feels real. And once I, I sensed that immersive feel, I was like, man, it would be awesome to have a church in virtual reality. And 
Uh, it was more of a, just a side thought, more of an experimental idea. So that was on a Friday. It was summer of 2016. I had that thought on a Friday and I was like, let's do this. And so on Sunday, I had my first church service in virtual reality and only five people came and they were like, um, uh, one was an atheist from Denmark and he was like, man, I don't believe in God or anything, but I want to uh, learn what VR is all about or VR church. And that was kind of the birth of it. That was kind of like where we started this church service and then... It wasn't about a, until about a year later where we, it's not that we weren't taking it seriously, but we took it to the next level where in our brains, what was more of an experiment um, became a church plant. And we, and we realized uh, we're not church planners in the physical world, we're church planners in virtual reality. So we made that huge shift and um, we planted the church and that's what we're doing today. It was a kind of a, a, a paradigm shift for us and a paradigm shift for many people, but for those that are experiencing it, in, in virtual reality it's uh it's a brave new world that's actually quite compelling wow i mean that's quite a that's that's quite a journey and uh, i love that besides the fact that i love that you made references to some of my favorite um uh, movies like the matrix i've watched the matrix mm. like i don't know how many that's <laughs> i haven't watched anything more than the matrix mm-hmm. um, and and so um how did you make that shift from you know your your blue pill red pill moment yeah um, uh, good, good was, way to put it <laughs> you know <laughs> that, that, uh, because i mean on a friday you just i mean so you'd, you'd had this you were having this experience in terms of vr right yeah. and and then on a friday you, you you know you have this thought on a sunday you have a service yeah. um but what i like to assume that the jump wasn't that even though you know you decided that saying weekend you're gonna uh, you know have a service but you know how how did you get there and even in terms of your thinking about that yeah well and then i'm a matrix fan too and i always forget the red pill goes into the rabbit hole right is that i just want to remember that correctly is that right yeah um so red red pill moment i think for me was uh you know what it wasn't necessarily overnight so in the movie it's it's that's a fantastic like immediacy right like he just jumps in but that character neo did have a little bit of a you know that first interaction with trinity um or maybe even before that with the the girl with the rabbit on her rabbit tattoo and there was an evolution to the realization you know and i think for me too it wasn't necessarily an immediate pill moment but it was more of a, a, a gradual realization and I think what led to that was what was happening at the church. So this experiment, call it a small group, call it a Bible study or whatever, um, evolved. And people started showing up. Other believers uh, of Christ came and they're like, hey, I want to volunteer. Um, I want to be a leader. I want to help you do this. And so it was kind of like an accidental church plan. And all, uh, here's a group of volunteers. Here's some leaders. We're, everyone, let's, we're having a service. Now we're doing small groups. Like, and then all of a sudden, that uh, realization like, oh, this is a church plan. Um, and so I think that it was more of a a gradual overnight thing. And I don't know if we necessarily declared that, like, this is what we're going to do, but it it did happen at some point. And because I think it's so new, I don't think everyone, anyone's ever said like, I'm going to plant a church in virtual reality. I'm going to be a church, virtual reality church planner. So I don't know if I actually uttered those words, because that still was a paradigm shift for me. Like if I wasn't the one to, to plant VR church, I'd probably have like, Oh, what's that? You know, it sounds kind of strange. And, you know, you know what I mean. But for those for those yeah. of us experiencing it, um, it's been it's been fantastic. And uh, you know, we have we planted two churches in VR. Uh, we have two more churches coming in the next few weeks. 
Um, so we'll have a total of four church plants. And so mm. just to kind of touch on that a, a second, people might be, you know, wondering, you know, wh- what does that look like? Well, it's kind of like virtual cities. Like we, like, you know, there's new, like think of the physical construct. You have uh, New York and then there's Chicago and then there's Seattle. Um, and so in a similar way, uh, but different, in a similar way, virtual reality has virtual cities. So there's a one yeah. platform called Altspace VR. And we planted two churches in Altspace. But there's other platforms and they're not necessarily connected. One's called VR Chat, a completely different virtual city, completely different style, uh, swagger, you know, whole different uh, ambiance. And so we're going to plant one in VR church in, in VR chat and then another one's called record which is more gaming but there's a facility or a mechanism to gather uh, in virtual reality so and that would be like a, maybe a smaller city I don't know like I don't know Tallahassee or something like that but they all have their different flavors and styles um, and so that's just kind of a simple way to explain um, how there's how, how do you have multiple church plants in VR um, so yeah that's what we're so in the next month, we'll probably have four uh, different churches in different locations. That's insane. I mean, just to think that, I mean, for me, the concept isn't isn't that too far off because I'm kind of treating that the same way I would a normal church plant, right? That in terms of the locations that we talk about and that, um, what would you say, like, one of the things that comes to mind, uh, even in terms of just the whole conversation about VR church, for a lot of people, I'm sure that's still kind of messing with their thinking, like, like can you do that? And uh, I'm thinking of a conversation I had with a friend not so long ago, a few weeks ago, in fact, and he was basically saying, this cannot be church. Like um, church is where you meet people and where you hug them for real, for real, um, you know, and, um, and it can't be church online. And um, what, what, I mean, what would you say to that kind of thinking? Because, um, you know, there's, there are quite a lot of people I'm sure who kind of have that question. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's a number of ways to tackle that question. Uh, well, one is, um, like my, my wife and I have done quite a bit of traveling. We've been to hundreds of churches, at least through my ministry experiences I have been. And um, yeah, church should be the best experience of church should be physical. It should be uh, done together in physical spaces. But, so, you know, sometimes it's not. We've been in churches that weren't very welcoming, that weren't very connecting. It was very inclusive, you know, a little like a religious country club. So um, I think that the assumption is that if, if it's virtual, it's bad. If it's physical, it's good. But it can be both. Your physical experience could be a bad one. Um, I would start actually start there for those that are saying, "Well, you know, church shouldn't be church should be physical." Well, the, the churches that we we visit a lot, and there's a lot that aren't that are not very welcoming. So that's that may so maybe that's a different conversation. But in one sense, it's still part of the conversation, because I would argue that a virtual reality it's such a compelling, welcoming um, discipleship experience, and that that I would. I know it's not a competition, but that I would, I would put against, you know, any church, you know, in yeah. evangelical America. Um, so that's one, one way to look at it. The other way is if they're thinking of it as a, like a video game, a 2D experience, like a, mm-hmm. something to watch on their phone, a, a live stream, uh, maybe there's a point to there, although I, I would still argue against that, but I would concede yeah. uh, for sake of argument, maybe they have a point. But once you experience the immersive uh, nature of virtual reality, where you're seeing people in, in particularly with like, like one of the, like when I talk about VR chat, 
they have very realistic avatars. Like my avatar looks very like has skin tone to it and facial yeah. expressions and in a 3D environment, like you're talking about giving someone a hug. We give people we give each other hugs all the time and be our high five yeah. hugs, you know. So there's that element. Well, there's no physical touch there. No, but I think that um, at the end of the day, whether it's physical or virtual reality, the connection that we have is is our love for each other. It's our it's our spirit connecting. Um, yes, physical can be a part of it, but if you remove the physical, like like a, a phone call or a, a Skype interaction or a virtual reality, they can be just as meaningful. I, I think it's about the quality of your interaction. So if you're in the physical world and you have a poor quality of interaction, that's 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 below what I think you should experience. In virtual reality, if the quality of interaction is high, intentional, then I think it's just as um, compelling. And so I think that's the th- that's one of the things to think about is whether it's virtual or whether it is physical, it's really about being present and the quality of interaction. And I've been in plenty of physical churches, which have been awesome. And then I've been in yeah. plenty of physical churches where I'm like, well, what's going on here? I don't even know. Yeah. <laughs> what is this thing? Yeah, um, yeah. So I think the other thing too is just going back to that matrix quote about you can't um, explain it. You have to experience it. And that is, well, let me give you an example. Like there, there was this pastor who, heard me do a presentation on VR church. He, he saw pictures, he saw images, he heard stories and as touching as it was internally, he came to the conclusion, this is not theologically sound. This is, I have serious ecclesiological problems with it. Um, I didn't know that. So afterwards I was talking with him and I was like, Hey, um, Hey, why don't you come visit VR church? And I have an extra headset, VR headset. And so he came and I actually had him come up on stage with his avatar to, to talk about his ministry. And then afterwards he was, he was blown away. He was like, man, I need to, I need to do something like this. So his theology changed just by the, the short experience that he had. Right. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't add anything to it afterwards. I didn't go into a convincing mode to try to, you know, sell him, look, let's look at this passage of scripture. You know, it wasn't that it was just experiencing it, that the brain uh, changed. And many people have come in and said the same thing. That's a common theme. Uh, one guy recently, he told me, you know, pastor, I came in here thinking this was a joke and this was going to be stupid. And I forgot the exact words he said, but he says, I can't believe how amazing this is, how compelling. Um, so for him as well, I, I didn't sit down afterwards and talk about the theological, ecclesiological merits of it. He just experienced it and his brain, his brain was changing. So that's everyone. So I think it's tough to convince, like someone would say, I, I had a recent conversation. I'm having a hard time convincing my friends about it. I was like, oh yeah, well, you're not. Until they come in and experience it, 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 is, it is a hard thing. So if you take that example of that pastor who, who really stumbled and struggled with it, what was his turning point actually experiencing and putting on VR and and seeing the community and, and seeing the light and hearing the stories. Um, and so, yeah, that's, that's a tough one. But so that's what I would probably say to, to those that are, criti- it's, it's, it's a difficult position that we're in, in the sense that it's hard to convince you, which you're not going to be convinced until you actually experience it. And then yeah. since VR is not easily accessible, um, it's not like everyone can just come check it out real quick. Well, let me go see what this is all about. You know, they'd have to go to a VR arcade or purchase VR. Maybe, you know, one day in the future, just like any technology, um, you think of the, you know, the computers used to fill up rooms. Now they're the size of a, you know, more, more powerful, um, like my phone here is more powerful yeah, than yeah. The, the, you know, initial computers. And, uh, and yeah. that's insane. Like what, what, that's in your like, pocket, right? Yeah. Think about the computer scientists, you know, back in the day, just being like, listen, this thing, it, you know, is, is a beast compared to what you have. It's like, this can do a thousand times more. And so the same thing with the diffusion of any technology, cars, uh, planes, phones, internet, microchips, graphics chips, all that, screens. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So same thing with VR. It's kind of, it is kind of like a big bulky, it's comfortable. They, they're making them definitely more comfortable, but it is a bulkier experience. Um, it's, it is a dedicated thing you have to put on, but you know, one day, you know, what if they're just a little pair of glasses you put on and this is, you know, the VR um, that you have, I think that's where it could be in 20 years from now. You know, why, you know, why not? Yeah. I can't hear you, but I think, uh, you just reminded me. Uh, (laughs) So uh, I'm just going to do that. So (laughs) I know it's not ideal, (laughs) but it's just going to help me quite a lot. Yeah. 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 So at Um, the end of the day, there's not really a good answer for like maybe your friend, um, until they act to experience it. And I, you know, I haven't had anyone who's experienced it and afterwards who says, no, you still shouldn't, this is still not theological. I haven't had one person do that. And there may be, that's fine. Um, but I think the point is that people have to come in and experience it. And it's, it's tough because I think maybe they're, they, they think they know what it is, but really, you, and I, I mean this respectfully, you really, you don't. Um, yeah. So. Yeah. Um, I, the, the, I think just on this and I mean, just to touch on this for the, um, and maybe kind of just kind of tie this one up. Is there anything that you do as a church that a quote unquote physical church wouldn't, doesn't accomplish in the, just in the bigger scheme of things? Like, uh, yeah, I think in a couple of ways, I'm trying to like maybe narrow down, like maybe one or two. Uh, well, one thing is, well, let me talk about the structure of the church. So we, we have large gatherings on Sunday, so it's kind of like our mega church, you know, feel or, or whatever. And then on and during the week, we have small groups, so you can think of those like house churches. And then to, there's like this that's like all VR, all in virtual reality. So there's this glue that kind of um, joins them all together, and that's our Discord server. So if, you, if people are, you know, not actually many people aren't familiar with Discord. That's like a an oversimplified description is like a chat room. But um, so what we do is when people come in, that, that's our main, what's your, what's the first step at VR church, right? There's many, we got leadership things going, discipleship, we got small group, but our main first step is everyone join our discord. And so as soon as they come in, we're able to immediately connect with them, um, say hello, get them um, involved in a volunteer or leadership process. And what I think that does for us is that um, the church, which seems like a big mega church, and then you have these things, you're, there's an immediate connection. And I don't know that a church would have that immediate, immediate hello. Like I'm saying hello to everyone as the lead pastor. I'm like, hello, how are you? Uh, is there anything I do for you? And I think it makes me super accessible. Like most churches I've been to, I have, not that I need to go like talk to the pastor, but I would have like zero, uh, you know, um, interaction with him, maybe at the door, if that. Um, but a VR church with our with our leaders, with our volunteers, there's like immediate conversation and, and connection. Um, so that's I think that's one thing that we um, I don't know how sustainable it is. What if we become a church of like a hundred thousand? You know, you know, <laughs> you know, maybe not. But as yeah. it stands as it stands today, that is I think very unique. Is that people feel immediately connected to the church in the way Discord's laid out. You know, you can create roles. So we put people in parties. So. Um, even if you're not a volunteer or whatever, you're just you know, a regular dude just coming in, um, you get connected with a party and you're already within the team there. And I've, I've seen some people in the chat goes, oh, I'm in, we, we put funny names like church party out, gamma or whatever, you know, use all the Greek, Greek alphabet. Yeah. And so people are like, oh, I'm in Rho or I'm in Sigma. So um, mm-hmm. that, that does a little bit of like cohesiveness. It takes like, you know, four or 500 members and, and breaks them up into groups of 10. And we're still working on what, what that looks like. So that's one thing I think is unique, and that's purely digital technology, um, in, and that's outside of VR. I think what's unique for us inside of VR is our sermons. So a lot of our 
format for our worship service is very pretty standard. Countdown, you know, there's a couple of worship songs, some vision casting, some prayer. Um, and I used to deliver sermons from the stage uh, for a long time. And, you know, with some slides behind me, pretty, pretty standard fare. And then we got really good into, like, learning the building tools of VR. So, like, mm -hmm. go back to Inception. Remember that scene where uh, Leonardo and... Uh, Ellen Page, uh, I forgot her in-character name, but they were walking through that city and she was building. Another movie I love, yes. Yeah, yeah in her brain, she was just building these things. And so that's what we're doing. I mean, not, we don't build in a retail, we have to like grab an asset and resize it. But um, um, it, we build every week for every sermon. So we just recently wow. went through the book of John. And uh, so we do a chapter a week, we'd read through a chapter. Mm -hmm. uh, but it would be in the environment that the chapter was talking about. So the feeding of the 5,000, there'd be a hill and there'd be fish, you know what I mean? And then we'd switch over to like Easter, we had the scene of Golgotha and we would build all, it was like building a big movie set. Um, it probably is a simple way to put it. We build these big movie sets every week and we have a build team and one of our leaders, his name is uh, Wilco. He's, he's our, I call him the architect affectionately from the Inception movie. Um, and so he's the architect and he's a, he's the leader of the build team and they'll build stuff. Yeah. And so, um, like our, we just finished up the book of John, John 21, where Jesus <clears throat> was on the shore and the disciples were, uh, fishing out of the boat. So we created the boat. Everyone got in the boat in the church and like, uh, you, oh, wow. you just can't, can't do that in the physical world. You can't create a movie set on a boat and have your whole church go on there. Right. That would be, there's liability and, and just building the set itself would take forever. So we'll do that. And then we walked to the shore where Jesus was at and saw the fire. There's an animated fire going on. People were walking all around it. Yeah. Um, and so what that does, and we'll, I'll do my sermon there. We'll read through the scripture. And I think what that does is something pretty significant is that it creates an imprint uh, psychologically with people that I don't think we, it's kind of like a, almost like a new, when you caught, when you were talking earlier before the podcast, you talked about like new thinking or, or new things like this is a new way to imprint the the narrative of scripture. So we're not just reading it. We're not yeah, just saying, maybe yeah. seeing an image, you know, up on church or maybe a, a stage prop. We're actually in the world experiencing it. And it, it, it imprints the narrative at a, at a whole new level because you've lived it, you experienced it. You know, what if we do, um, what if we go do Exodus, you know, the crossing of the Red Sea, then we would recreate that. And then we would walk through the middle and we'd get the sense of like, whoa, the water's high. No, there's an army. We'd probably create some form of an army, you know, that would be chasing the Israelites. And so that's a significant wow. thing that yeah. many people don't know about virtual reality churches, that it's become highly experiential. And what, what that reflects is the paradigm shift of our age. So... Um, I read a quote that said, we're leaving the information age and we're entering the experience age. And the experience age is VR and a AR, and AR is coming too as well. But um, so yeah, I think that that connection piece with the digital tools, it has an immediate sense of connection to the church. You're not just another face or number. Um, and then also the experiences that we have when we do the sermon. So we're going into first, so we're just studying John right now. So this week will be first yeah. John chapter one. And so they, that's not necessarily um, like a, a literal build. So we'll do some abstract builds with it, you mm -hmm. know, so love, love and, mm -hmm. and forgiveness and all that. And our the world builders will come, come up with abstract elements, but um, wow. Yeah. So that's insane. I mean, I haven't, I haven't. So the often is a space that I really haven't, explored much mm -hmm. um and uh i know a lot of churches are you know for a while have been trying to figure out the whole streaming space and i'm convinced this is i think there's a very big difference between 
internet church or church online um, and streaming. Um, there's, mm-hmm. there's, those are two different things. And um, how, how do, um, and just in terms of approach uh, of tech, because this is a new technology, it's still fairly new in terms of just being accessible to normal people. Um, what are some of the lessons that you've learned transitioning from, um, you know, moving from previously having had the experience of like, you know, church in real life or normal, if I can call it that, yeah. whatever that means. Um, and what's been like some of the lessons that you've learned in that, uh, in terms of uh, approaching and leveraging new technology? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think a couple of things, and um, let me know if I'm kind of going off your question, but I think, um, I think one of the things we learned is that we can have churches online that exist only online. And I know that might be controversial. So for, for me, back in mid-2005-ish, uh, my wife and I were between churches. We we're just kind of like trying to figure out our spiritual journey a bit. And that's why I started attending an online church. They had like a stream and a, and a chat and some life groups. And there was this whole ecosystem that was in. It was very new, very, never heard of that before. And I think it was very new to Christendom. Um, but yeah, online churches is why I interact with for a better part of a year, maybe two years. And I always connect with them, Launched my own streaming ministry. Like I said, the church I was a part of didn't, you know, adopt an online campus model. Like you were talking about that that distinction between just streaming and then developing like discipleship and all that. Um, so I think from experiencing it and then from launching it and then from going into virtual reality, I think one of the things I've, I've come to the conclusion for me personally, just that whole journey is that you can have the Ecclesia online, um, online only. And I think it just, and it goes back to what your friend was saying, like that connection. Well, it's, it depends on the quality of your connection, the quality of your discipleship. Um, like one, um, one person was having, you know, some issues even yesterday and we got together and, and did a watch party, uh, watched a, a message that I thought that would be encouraging to him. And we spent 30 minutes in this watch party and it just happened immediately. Right. So um, in the physical world and that's, and, and by the way, I think there's a lot of press that comes from the VR church. And there's an assumption that we are anti-physical or like, or somehow don't think we should, I don't know. It's a weird conclusion. I think people come up with, and I haven't said that at all. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. You know, I'm a b- big believer in gathering physically hundred percent, but for us, um, I've seen some amazing things. So like yesterday, that discipleship happened immediately, like from the issue to the interaction was in seconds, whether, you know, in the physical world, you, Hey, let's set up for Thursday, you free Thursday. Now I can't do that. Yeah, yeah. You know, that whole, that whole bit. Oh yeah. Um, so for us, um, I think that it can be, that's not to say you shouldn't interact physically. So, um, and we're even thinking about some physical events when we don't talk about this a whole lot, but you know, we did an experiment in Detroit where we went to a VR arcade and they let us come in and we had our church service there. So mm-hmm. what would it be like to gather physically and go to church in virtual reality and then, you know, have fellowship that way. Oh, cool. So that was kind of an experiment that we hope to, you know, go global with. Um, and then, you know, you know, meetups, um, you know, conferences that we're thinking up. So we're obviously interested um, in VR, but we, I think we're structuring, we're, we're, we've dived deep into the church plant, like deep into VR and we're working our way mm-hmm. back out physically. Mm-hmm. Um, did that answer your question? Maybe I missed, uh, did I? 
Did I, I, get on, I like I like get what on. you said. Yeah. No, no, that, that's great because 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 this just kind of helps um, understanding a little more. Um, mm. I think what I'm the other thing that I am curious about, and I think a lot of other people would be as well, is. Um, there's a new technology and I'm thinking about taking this on as a church or we are thinking of taking it on as a church. Um, I like, call, I like calling it, uh, well, I, I picked it up, I got this from a friend who talks about dumb tax. Uh, so if you were starting out again, let's say maybe a, a year or two or whenever you started based on the journey you've taken now, what are some of the things that you would, definitely think uh i would approach this is the approach i would use instead of the one that you had previously yeah um i think it would be there is a little bit of a you know hesitation you know you've seen those youtube videos of like people about to jump off the diving board and they get like a real high one and there's that yeah. hesi- hesitation <laughs> moment they end up hurting themselves and and mess yeah. out of it instead of just like jump right um, yeah. i think the only th- well, not the only thing. I'd probably have to think of this question a little more just because yeah. it's just been kind of a fast-paced journey. It yeah. takes some time for reflection about that question. But I think the one thing that comes to mind would be just not feeling that, not being hesitant about it. Is this right? Is this valid? Is it? And just yeah. like, with my history with digital ministry, just going boom, just jumping right in, going 100%. Mm-hmm. It was, it was uh-huh. still like in that early stages. And um, yeah. even, I don't know, within the past year, it was like kind of like, that, you know, straddling the fence, right, right, you know, a little bit and dipping the toe yeah, yeah. in and testing. Yeah. And I think that's value. Like, there can be value in that, particularly with new yeah. things. But yeah. I think looking back, um, I think God's God was fully invested in this, and I'm just, just sort of like hesitant. So I think I'd have just mm-hmm. joined that energy and gone in uh, full yeah. in. And I don't know, I don't know that we've we've missed anything because of that. But I think yeah. we've just um, been more more helpful in those times when it was uncertain and it felt, you know, there wasn't a lot of support and, you know, to, to a large degree, that's still the case. But, um, so I think that's what I I would have done differently. I think I would have done that. But uh, you'd have done, you definitely would have done more sooner and uh, more just had a little more gusto to it. Yes. Yes. That's a good way to put it. A little more gusto yeah. to it. Cause even yeah. now the church plan that we're doing in VR chat, I've been thinking about that for months and why haven't we yeah. done that yet? Right. Um, so yeah. let's, let's, and so the energy from a lot of viral, uh, some of our things that have gone viral, a lot of people from that city, that digital city I was talking about are like, please plant. You know? And I was like, all right, here we come, you know, but that could have already been there. So there's little things like that. If mm-hmm. I had to be nitpicky about it, but, um, but also, but also it's just the, it's part of the, the journey. I mean, you're, we're kind of journeying, yeah symbolically through a desert it's unknown it's it's dark so yeah. you know you can't i didn't have a flashlight so you, you know it's just i guess we can't be too critical of ourselves because yeah. it, you know it wasn't like laid out you know yeah. you know, you know yeah. i don't get emails from god or you know uh-huh. facebook messages with clear directions. it's kind of like no way you're like you know what's <laughs> you know, all that so but uh yeah yeah, <laughs> I, thought, I thought you'd be getting like these, you know, tweets from God or you know, an iMessage. Yeah, you know, text yeah. message. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah. And um, there's something that you say that I really loved, and I can't remember where I got this from, um, but it was one of the interviews that you did, and I think you spoke about conservative 
theology that is progressively expressed. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that's something that's like, that's normal for you in terms of just the language that you use, or that was like, you know, just one of those things that um, came to you, you know, in the moment. Um, but what framework, is there a particular framework that you use in terms of um, keeping, making sure that the technology doesn't be Become the thing mm-hmm. that you actually staying that the main thing still is the main thing yeah yeah and that's it you know, I just had an extra thought here that's interesting like the technology has become the main thing and I would I was thinking about that from a physical construct perspective where sometimes you can get like what a few churches I was been a part of you're just so busy at church you don't have time to be the church so that physically gathering was almost kind of getting in the way Mm, um, yeah. so I think what, you know, where that came from, um, was just, you know, people kind of like, when they hear about this VR church, they're confused about what it is and they want to like vet it. Um, and so, you know, donors or, uh, people who are curious, like, where, where do you stand? You know, that's a big, big part. Um, and so what's the best answer for that is to come experience it, come see the spirit of our church because, uh, doctrinal statements are great. Um, but I've seen, I've been a part of, or I've seen, um, people with great or organizations with perfect doctrinal statements that, you know, it's very dead spiritually. Um, and so, mm-hmm. yeah, my theological influences, you know, I was part of a, you know, Baptist uh, denomination growing up, Baptist school, um, was ordained with uh, mm-hmm. with a Pentecostal uh, um, organization. And so I like this whole <laughs> Bapticostal, like, yeah, I've got a lot of like, how did that happen? I was like, man, I don't know. But um, so, yeah, there's a lot of influences. Right? And then, you know, we're always evolving, you know, um, and so yeah. I think that's where I was like, yeah, my, I guess my theology is, is, is probably is probably uh, conservative, but definitely progressively expressed. And, and that just comes from the nature of uh, the interactions and the platform um, and just meeting people, you know, atheists, agnostics, you know, the, the so many, so many backgrounds and so many, it's very eclectic. It, it's hard for us to just to get um, just really um, solidified or concrete and just um, old thinking. We just want to, always be exploring what God's teaching us in the Bible mm-hmm. and just discovering some amazing things, you know? Um, but uh, yeah. what was your, was that the question? Was that you're asking about the theology or I, well, I feel like I always, I feel like I always go off on rabbit yeah. trails. Like I get all like that, one little thought yeah, yeah. over like, there. I, I like that. Um, and interestingly, I really dig that cause I tend to do that as well. <laughs> <laughs> well I thought I'd ask this in case I actually missed the question again. Yeah, so I'm just like, Oh, this is so cool. I'm not alone. Thank you for just making me feel um, like, huh, I'm not alone. Um, <laughs> yeah. Like, is there anything that you decide? Like, how do you decide what are we going to do? you know, would we do this? Wouldn't we do this? Um, right. Do you have any like set of like guidelines or framework that you've developed over time? I mean, yeah, you're at so, a cutting edge of, of, I mean, VR, the space that you're in. Um, but, you know, as you continue in that space, like what you, you know, what are you using as like, I yes. Know. <laughs> yeah. Cer- I mean, certainly my influence is like, you know, from as far as, you know, the Baptist and the, the hetero biblicist um, kind of approach, the Pentecostal, you know, added the, uh, the, imp- uh, the powers of the spirit, the gifts of the spirit. Um, and so, yeah, those are definitely influences. But then, you know, I got some good, good, uh, just been around some good circles and good mentors with just good leadership. Um, and just yeah. those, those subtle influences. So it wasn't necessarily a book I read, although perhaps, um, it was just rubbing shoulders with, um, generally speaking, even if I, you know, we left those denominations we didn't agree with, they were, they were still, there were still some good 
good men, um, good men and women of God who had good leadership skills. So I think those things uh, subconsciously just informed or kind of fashioned how I approach things. And then obviously, well, 100% what we believe, um, the, what the Bible teaches, a, a spiritual um, directives from from the scriptures is obviously, you know, which I, I guess everyone says, but you know, but that is, but it, but that's what it is. Um, as it goes, as it goes relationally with people, uh, we have two L, we have two boards for VR Church. So there's one on the outside that's not really involved inside VR. The outside board um, is our governing board, and they deal with things like finances and integrity. So if I'm committing, if I'm robbing banks and killing people, you know, they're going to you know, remove me. Uh, <laughs> Sure, money is going where it's supposed to go, and all that stuff. Um, and they're more of an external and an encouraging board too. Like it's finances, integrity, but they're also like, how can we encourage you in this ministry? So uh, that's a beautiful uh, board there. Internally, in inside VR, we have we also have a pastor, a shepherd, and elder board team. And so, um, you know, we had an elder team last night just going over things. Um, you know, suicide protocols because the chat, you know, the Discord chat can go there. We've had. Yeah. Wow. interactions with that so they uh before yeah. it was just like me like as any startup would be in any sort mm-hmm. of industry mm-hmm. would be you know i'm doing everything right making all the decisions yeah. and everything now now it's evolving where uh the pastors and the leaders and the, and the elders are taking um that responsibility and so they're making yeah. decisions now that um sometimes it doesn't even involve me and some you know so which is, yeah. which is a great thing um so that forms it i think um when it comes to things like, well, what about like VR baptisms? That was like an elder decision. Um, we got together as an elder. We said, yeah. let's, let's I'll discuss about how that discussion yeah. went out. Yeah. Yeah. Let's discuss this. Um, I was on board, but you know, I just didn't want to make assumptions. And so I talked with my elder board team, had discussions there, talked with the leaders of the church and everyone really came to the conclusion very quickly that uh, VR baptism, baptisms were for us, which again, yeah. You know, you're outside of VR. You're talking to your friend. Doesn't make sense. Yeah. But once you get in and experience it, it's that's really the key. Um, yeah. So that's kind of like a, the broad view of like how yeah. things are formed and fashioned at church. Uh-huh. It's definitely. I mean, I'm definitely lead it, lead the ministry. So there's that energy of me just pioneering and leading and setting the tone. But there's also yeah. other forces at play. Uh, the external yes. governing board, the internal uh, elder board in leadership, and then we really value the input of people. So we we gather our leaders at least mm-hmm. once a month, um, yeah. just to give opportunity to, to speak in the life of the ministry. So when you take all of that kind of, and you, you know, put it in a big pot and stir it, that's how things are kind of formed and fashioned. Um, it's not perfect. I don't think any church has it down perfect, but it's, uh, it's been working well for us. And um, I think it, it serves our church well as well. And I mean, you, so you're a leader, you, you're leading your church, but I also feel like, that there's also, um, and in some ways, this is the other thing that I can't compute in the sense that why are we even having a discussion about VR? Like as in, why is it even a thing to talk about church being VR? Okay, so so in that sense, I'm just like, come on, people, like why do we even yeah. need to have a discussion about this? Yeah, um, that's, a, that's a tough one because, <laughs> um, and I don't, and I, I mean, I don't, I hope this doesn't sound arrogant or rude, I, but it's a tough one because that conversation for me was 10 years ago. Like before VR, I was already, oh. I was already done with that 
having experienced online church myself, having is seen ministry at my church in Pennsylvania with online ministry, I was like, oh, yeah, this is, you got to do this. So I think if a church hasn't had that journey, especially as early as for me, 2005, and it, let's say it's 2019, and they're like, okay, let's think about online streaming. Like they're starting that whole conversation where many of us uh, 10 years ago had already gone through. So yeah, um, and it's not even a thing anymore. Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah we're moving on to VR, man. Yeah. So um, yeah, that's a tough one. So there is that energy. And I feel like in evangelical America, where there's those people who are late to the game that are just starting that conversation. And then there's the energy of evangelical America where they've already kind of, to a certain degree, have kind of cleared that, um, you know, mm-hmm. you know, maybe there's some hesitations and resistance, or whatever, but they're yeah. on that side of the thing. And so like these two conversations are existing. And so I've been in yeah. like meetings or gatherings where those mix together. And it's like a weird... It's like, a, you know, it's such a strange thing. You almost have to separate it. It's like, okay, who's still having trouble? All right, you guys go go talk about it over yeah. here. All right, who's uh-huh. cool with it? All right, let's go talk about it over here. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and I, I guess they need to, we, we need to talk to each other to encourage yeah. each other. I don't know. But, yeah, um, yeah like, like you said, we're still talking about it. This is yeah. the world's, like, moving on. And yeah. um, We need to yeah. catch up as a church, right? Yeah. And what would be your cliff notes? So here I am, I'm a church or a church leader. And um, do you have cliff notes? Like your cheat sheet. You know, what would that be in terms of, so I'm a church and I'm thinking, yes, I see the opportunity there in VR. um, And we, you know, we actually want to plant a VR church, not necessarily a stream, uh, you know, or we've been streaming, we, this is a space we feel we need to go into. Maybe I'm an individual who's feeling the burden and that, you know, that's where that's a space I need to be in. What would you say to those churches or individuals? Yeah. They're just kind of at the brink there. Um, well, well, one, I think that's a great place to be. I think, um, I think if you have, like you made that distinction, just streaming and then like an online campus. If you're on the online campus side of things, a VR campus is the most logical next step. Like it really is. I know it's a big step, but it just makes a hundred percent sense where people could gather as avatars together in a space. Um, and so what I would say to them is one, you just got to experiment. So um, I, there, somebody was asking me yesterday about models and, and structure and systems and we have that. But they're always evolving, man. Our church a year ago looks different than we do now, and it will look a different a year now. So to set up, uh, you know, like a, a manual for everyone, it just wouldn't make sense. But um, at the fundamental level, they just need to experiment. They need to get the Oculus Quest. Um, that just came out uh, three, three weeks ago, three or four weeks ago. Um, and that is the newest VR on the market, and it's probably the, the best. It's really, really cool. Uh, the VR enthusiasts feel like this is the VR for the masses. So if VR is going to take off, um, in 2019, 2020, this is the device for it. So, like, you think of, like, the yeah. first iPhone had issues. You know, it wasn't, like, perfect. You know, who wants an original iPhone? Not nostalgically, but um, <laughs> functionally. Uh, it took a couple iPhones to work out whatever that needed to work out. And so for yeah. VR, same thing. Um, it took a, a couple of iterations for um, VR to work itself out. Not that the iterations before weren't awesome. Um, amazing. But with the yeah. Oculus Quest, we, we feel like we have the first, like, one where we can say everyone get this um Mm -hmm. and so anyways going back to what you're saying uh, you know i would say experiment if you don't have vr get the oculus quest play around with it get into 
where you'll see the a few social VR apps get in there, figure out how to, you know, just get in all that whole space. This is a new technology we've never seen before. It's the fourth computing paradigm. You know, you had you had DOS back in the day, then mouse interfaces came, then smartphone, and now this fourth paradigm um, of VR and AR is is a big one because it's not it's a dedicated like you're, you're putting a new reality over your eyes, and so. Um, and it's a different, there's a big line in the sand, so to speak, about this technology, about interacting with it. It's not the quick phone or the, I mean, this is like a dedicated a new way to interact with, with computers and the 3D web is coming and all that. Um, so experiment, experiment, experiment. That's like a drum that I would um, beat. And then uh, once you're done experimenting, then uh, start to go into the next level of creating spaces. Like find the platform you like, find the platform you like for yourself. Maybe you want to create your own. Maybe you're at the point, maybe you're a large ministry or you know people that can develop your own application. That would be a tough thing, but not impossible. Um, there's a lot of applications that are kind of ready made for it for you. But um, yeah, maybe you don't want to use, um, like we use Altspace. Maybe you don't want to use Altspace, but you want to have your own native app. Then start hammering away at that. Um, and yeah, and then, yeah, once you're done that, you'll, you'll start to, experiment and then experiment with the social VR platform and then it'll it will glue in your brain like it'll all start to make sense all those things will start to connect and then you'll see VR campus okay here we go and then you just hold do that whole process of like launch team and getting people involved and practicing and figuring it out and then you're gonna be amazed <laughs> is the last step you know be amazed so yeah, um, yeah. this is so cool I mean I, it's I never ever thought that I'd be having this kind of conversation where um, we're talking about what you could be doing to, you know, to plant VR church. And yeah. for me, this is like very real. Um, and um, yeah, is there anything, cause I, I also want to be very conscious of your time because I'd love for us to have other conversations in the future if that's okay. Oh, yeah. So I really want to be respectful of your time um, right now so that hopefully next week we can talk again at yeah. another time. Um, is there anything if you had, I'm um, going to ask you just two more questions and, sure. and, yeah, and the, 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 the one that I would ask first um, is that, um, well, not first, but second last is as a leader, how are you keeping yourself, um, you know, how are you keeping yourself sharp? If I, think, if I can call it that, like challenged and making sure that you're growing because I feel like you're already at the cutting edge and there's probably other stuff that you need to do to stay sharp as a leader, both pastorally and from a technological aspect, like, and anything that you feel might be relevant. Yeah, uh, I think a couple of things. One is rest and the second thing is curate. So let me start with curate. Like, um, I think for me, like as a leader, I really try to eliminate any excess. Um, there's. So like anything that's not unnecessary or that's just kind of clutter, I mean, that could be physical, that could be digital, that could be scheduled. Just try, try to keep things lean and simple because um, for me, that's just really important. Um, and I think that really helps me, makes me a, a better uh, leader when I, when I have things organized and, and um, delegated. That's a huge part of, like, I would kind of put that in the curation category, delegating, empowering. Um, I don't, I did have to do everything early on, everything, um, but now I don't. So, but I still have to do quite a bit more than that. That's probably out of my gifting and out of my, my, my strengths, but that's shifting, you know, graphic teams are developing, video teams are developing. I used to do all the videos, all the graphics, and I'm not, I'm not a graphic guy, but you know, I try to figure it out. So, um, 
Yeah, curation and delegation. KonMari is a big thing that, uh, you know, that book that just came out about uh, living like a simple life. And so that's one thing. I think probably what's even greater than that for me would be to make sure I'm resting. Um, that's a really big, because I, I, you know, I'm, I'm just like anybody else. I mean, I can put in the hours, I can put in the time, I can work myself crazy. Uh, I think all of us are, are kind of like that. So to, to, um, to really rein that in, and to be okay with things not getting done, uh, making sure I take a day off um, to do a Sabbath, um, and making sure I'm just really watching the gauges, you know, so to speak. Um, I think that's that's super important, and that's and that's difficult. That's like discipline. Like you, at least for me, maybe um, maybe for others it's not, but there's a discipline aspect to making sure you're watching that and just being okay with letting things go when things don't get done and that didn't get scheduled, and um, and so I think that's a, a challenge that we all face because man, I could. Like everyone else, man, 24-7, let's get this thing. And especially yeah. startups and entrepreneurs, I mean, uh -huh. for sure, you could, yeah. you could just spend all day long. But you got you to do family time. You got to go watch some movies. You know what I mean? Uh -huh. You got to play a couple of video games. You know, you got to do yeah. all that stuff just to yeah. uh, make sure you're sane and um, yeah. balanced. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and then the second uh, thing, question would be, is there anything like a, that, that just popped into your head while we're having the conversations and that you think, hey, you know what, if I had to say anything to the uh, Church Mag podcast people or listeners and what, what is there anything that you that just like your final words for this particular episode? Like, yo. Yeah, yeah. I'll just throw some random ones out, just in no particular yeah. order, you know, take them or leave them. I think um, uh, one is we think, we used to think of unreached people groups as geographic. So let's say Africa or Asia or whatever. I think now unreached people groups can be quantified through, with, through digital and virtual. So for me, one of the most unreached, largest unreached people groups, in my opinion, is the gaming community. So gamers out there have formed themselves in these subcultures and and, and then these subcultures are massive, but the church doesn't really do the video game thing. You know what I mean? It's like a, you know, I don't know. There's such an yeah, adverse yeah. reaction to it. Some have it. I went to one in California, uh, Riverside, or I don't know where it was. It was near San Francisco, and they had a Fortnite tournament, and it was oh, massive. Snap. Massive. Wow. I mean, you, I'm talking about hundreds of, maybe thousands of kids, you know, for this little yeah. event. Um, I, I don't even think they were prepared. I, I could tell that they, they were yeah. organized and prepared but not yeah. for the level amount of kids that, that, that came. Um, well, so let that yeah. be an ind indicator that, uh, that I think that's, that's something that the church uh, needs to kind of shift as well. And don't lose the physical geographical ministry or mission, but there's a whole digital and virtual ministry and mission and subcultures that are the new lost people group, um, if to you to borrow that term, and the gaming community being one of them. Um, so I think that's one. I think the other, the other thing I would say is that VR is going to be really disruptive, probably more disruptive than people realize. Um, and I think, unfortunately, I think the church is going to go kicking and screaming into this new uh, era. So um, I think to go back to what you, what you were saying, how do we change this? I think this is going to be lead pastors humbling themselves to, because, you know, you know, and this is not a, an, I'm not trying to be negative or attacking, but yeah. a lot of a lot of church yeah. leadership is from a seminary era that did had no digital internet virtual gaming mm. construct at all, right? Mm. So yeah. this is yeah. new stuff. Like in, in hundreds mm. and thousands of years before that, uh, yeah. they didn't have that, and so this is new. So I don't, I don't, I'm not trying to hate on passes because that's this is like this is a brave new world. I mean, I mean, yeah. even with smartphone, internet, and all that, this 
this is the infants. Like when you when you consider human history, the wheel and fire and whatever, um, and government and all of that, the internet, the digital, I don't know, era is such a baby. It's so, it's so new. We're still in the beginning of it. This internet thing hasn't fleshed out social media apps and then virtual reality. Now you're throwing that into the mix. This is, this is all in an infant stage. So uh, that's a long way of saying that um, I understand why um, maybe lead church leaders are having a hard time with it because that wasn't part of their construct for all their life and certainly for seminary. So I think you know, just going to take some humility on church leaders listening to the younger leaders technological leaders um and then ultimately the shift is going to be when generationally when and i don't know i'm just guessing at a number like people 35 and under kind of like to start being come to the church leaders and then you'll see that immediate shift in the digital ministry yeah, because yeah. the parishioners and the, the attendees and the leadership are, are already on board and already integrated with that so it's not going to be a you know, a, a stumbling block for them um so that when that happens then you'll see that unfortunately we can't wait for that to happen. Um, I think the yeah. ministry of, of Christ, um, his message of love, um, that can't wait. <laughs> you know what I mean? That needs, yeah, to, yeah. that needs to be shared and spread. Mm-hmm. And um, his love for this world and to bring light into the darkness um, can't wait for a generational shift. So um, I, don't, I, don't think, I don't think I have a good answer for that other than just we just need that to happen. And it needs to happen yesterday. Um, and I'm not even yeah. talking about VR. I'm talking about yeah. like churches that are like, I don't know if we should be on Facebook. You know what I mean? Uh, <laughs> all that. And let's, let's just spread that love. And I, there's a church locally here that having a hard time with the, thinking about streaming to people, yeah. you know, can we do, you know, all that, man, we're just, we gotta, and I, I know we can't do everything. So a, maybe a church yes. can't do literally everything. You're a small church. Yeah. Just we'll pick something, pick Instagram, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. don't be afraid to throw up a little webcam up. And that's how a lot of these churches mm-hmm. started streaming. Just a, simple little webcam and now you see like multi-camera light smoke going crazy gym yeah. cam stuff but man just throw up a webcam get some good audio man that's all mm-hmm. you need that's really yeah. you know and um yeah so those are some few things i probably have a few more but um i think yeah. my brain doesn't can't yeah. recall that uh, and i really appreciate it um thanks for hanging out with us dj really appreciate you taking the time and uh Wishing you the best with VR Church, and we'll be praying for you. Is there how how do people find you online? Yeah, yeah, no problem. Uh, most of what you can find about us is at vrchurch.org, vrchurch.org, and you'll you'll learn a lot about us. Um, I'm also on Twitter and Instagram and stuff. If people look at DJ Soto or David Soto, my avatar has a or my profile picture usually has a uh, VR headset on, so that's mm-hmm. a one way to connect. But um, yeah, yeah, feel free to connect and. Yeah, I'd love to see you in VR Church sometime. Yeah. Um, I don't have any uh, a VR headset because it's not anything that I've kind of prioritized in getting. Um, but uh, I am actually thinking of just grabbing a friend's one of these days and maybe paying, just popping in. And, oh, yeah. And yeah, cool. Yeah. That's from there. Um, yeah. So yeah. looking forward to, to catching you on there. Send us an email, subscribe, and search for previous episodes of the Church Mag podcast by visiting Church Mag online. You'll find a link on our main menu. Go to churchm.ag. That's Church Mag. And while you're visiting Church Mag, send us a message and be sure to subscribe to the Church Mag podcast so you can receive an early release of the new show every Friday. We don't do that for just anyone.
The Church Mag Podcast is proudly hosted on buzzsprout.com. 